Now, this is not a political pitch. It's simply having a conversation with the man who puts his career as an emergency room nurse on hold to run. What makes him want to do that? Well, I'll tell you, to me, that says that's just who he is. Putting personal gain for attempting to represent the 6th Assembly District. But you can't just do that without tremendous support. Kevin's wife, Chelsea, is his rock. Chelsea and their three kids give him the support and drive to win this. This is her Community 2 podcast with Catherine and Alexa. Now we begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to tonight's edition of Her Community 2 from the town of Babylon here on Long Island in Suffolk County. With me, of course, is Alexa Brady. Hi. <laughs> How's it going, my baby? It's going good. I know it is. Huh? Okay, so tonight we have a really good guest, Alexa. I guess you're never going to guess who it is. Is it Mr. Surdy? Yes. Do you know he is a political candidate? Do you know what for? Um, I'm I'm gonna go on a limb here and say like mayor. No, not so close. Legislator. What'd you say? Um, legislator. legislator. Yeah, that's okay. I think you said that. Be- I think you just said that because everyone you meet is a legislator. Um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay, so with us tonight is Kevin Surdy. He is running for New York State Assembly. And I've been reading a lot about him. I met him a few times. And it just seems like what you see is what you get. He talks from the heart. He is not a career politician. He is somebody who is a staple in the community. And from what I've read, he's always been that way and wants to make sure that um, everyone has every opportunity like he does, like I do. And it, it, it just his record is just amazing of what he's done. Welcome tonight, Kevin Surdy. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. I, I mean, you really are amazing. I mean, <laughs> your your background, I was like, I was reading it and I'm like, holy cow. So you've really been, uh, well, first of all, your profession is nurse, correct? Yes, I uh, still work as an emergency department nurse. Wow. Now, do they know you're running for political office? Yes. Yeah, you know, we do have to disclose that, uh, what we're doing. And currently, I am a part-time emergency nurse. Before that, I was actually a senior hospital administrator. So not only was I an emergency nurse, I was actually in charge of all the emergency services. So uh, you you have the muscle and the brains. Yeah, must I don't know about brains. We certainly got the uh, the courage. So, uh, so I was administrator as a staff nurse. And uh, before that, I worked uh, EMS. I was an EMT with the New York City nine one one system. And just recently, I've been a part time emergency nurse. I worked all through COVID. I worked in the ER. I worked in the ICU and critical care. Uh, and just recently, um, I'm actually resigning my part-time position. I'm moving to uh, per diem, which means like per day and you know, work every so often, uh, to dedicate all my full resources to this campaign. 
Wow. Now, um, just to get into your family a little bit, because I know you were married and you have three children. I do. Yeah. Two boys, okay. uh, two girls and a boy. Wow. Now, does your wife stay home or is she a working mother? Well, she works from home as a mother. Oh, okay. uh, she, she actually, <laughs> um, she's a fashion designer. She went to FIT in the city and she designs dresses for a couple different companies, uh, in state, out of state. And she actually just finished, uh, making about 22 bridesmaid dresses for my sister's wedding all by hand while mm-hmm. raising three kids at home. I, I, and that's why I asked because of all the hours that you work and then campaigning is another full-time job. You know, this. So I was wondering, did she have to like stay at home and take care of the kids? Because it's a lot. I know. I, oh, yeah. I raised five. Mike, I was one of five. I was the oldest of five. We definitely know how oh, hard that is. Oh, my goodness. So you know. Yeah. Well, that... she was the first person I talked to when I decided to oh, ask to run. Uh, she was the first person I needed permission from because this is just a huge weight it's a, on it, her. It's a lot. She is um, your biggest supporter. So that means that she has to free up a lot of your time. So that means she's running the house, the children, mm-hmm. and doing all the uh activities all everything is on her so she is a shining star in her own right for that congrats to her what's her name chelsea chelsea congrats you have my utmost respect i know how it is it's it's a lot of work and if you do it with a smile on your face you're like you're gold you're gold so hats off to her so she's absolutely amazing she has to be i mean that's that's incredible you know, because a lot of women would have been like, <laughs> you know, that's too much. That's a lot. What about me? You know, so that's that's really important that you have that support network from your children and, and your wife. And it looks like you do. It really does. Alexa, you want to go for the first question before? Yes. Keep it going. Okay. Hey. Now, before she asks, I have to give Alexa some credit. She did ask if I was a legislator. Now, technically, I will be working in the legislative branch of New York government. So that's Ooh. not completely wrong. So okay, assemblymen okay. are New York state legislators. Now, uh, just, just really quick, um, are you Republican or conservative? I am a conservative Republican. I'm actually endorsed by both parties. Good for you. I understand that perfectly. Very blessed. Go ahead, Alexa. My dad is a retired NYPD detective, so how can you make it safer for police officers? Well, first, I want to thank him for his service. That is not an easy job. Uh, I was actually very lucky when I was an EMT working for New York City 911. Uh, I responded along the same side as New York City police officers. So I, firsthand, I know what they go through. I know what they see. And sometimes they were first on scene. Sometimes I was first on scene. And we just worked hand in hand together. I worked out of the primarily out of the 112 precinct in Queens in Forest Hills. Had a lot of great relationships uh, with those officers there, especially uh, with the 110 as well uh worked with them and the number one thing i think about when i think about police officers is every day they go to work they put on a badge and they leave their families and when they leave their families they don't know if they're coming back they don't know that every single time they go to work they put their lives on the line they sacrifice their family they have kids at home they have families at home that love them and if they got hurt they completely destroy their family. They, they, that's the person they love. That person puts that at risk every day for complete strangers. 
and they go out in the street and they say, I'm putting all this at risk for you. And I don't even know you. And what's happening right now in New York City is absolutely despicable. In spite of everything that I just said, they're looking to do a few things. One, and my opponent voted for this, bail reform. They are allowing criminals to be released back onto the street before the police officers are done writing the arrest report. And they could have just taken a firearm off this person. And before they're done logging everything in and writing it, that person's back on the street, potentially has another firearm now, potentially can now shoot another individual, a police officer, a kid, and we're seeing it happening over and over. So number one, bail reform absolutely has to go. I believe that there are some forms of bail reform that need to exist. The ones that exist right now are garbage. They hurt nobody but the innocent people, and it's all pro-criminal. That's number one that has to go away to protect our police officers. The other one that needs to go, uh, we're saying, is police officers need qualified immunity. There is absolutely no way that a police officer should be civilly sued. You should have no idea the police officer's home address if they arrest you. That is not safe for their families. If you're a police officer and you make a legal arrest, and listen, I've seen this firsthand. Sometimes those arrests are they get a little messy. You know, if someone's you know trying to reach for your gun, if somebody's resisting arrest, they're a potential threat. And a lot of times, and we see this in the emergency department too, people that are you know hyped up on adrenaline, they don't want to lay down. So sometimes a tackle, you know, they accidentally get hurt. It's nobody's intention to hurt anybody. Sometimes in those situations, they happy. You land a certain way, you know, police officer uh, gets hurt. The other people get hurt as well. Uh, not intentionally, just sometimes it happens in the nature of the event. There's absolutely no way that a person should be able to personally sue that police officer or find their home address and get all their personal information. It's unsafe to them. It's unsafe for their families. And we don't have that in basically any other corporations. So that needs to be withheld as well. The police officers need that uh, protection and immunity for them and their families. So those are a couple of things I'm going to be fighting uh, day one to take care of. And by the way, my opponent, he's a retired police officer and he voted against all the cops this way. And that's a little bit of an act of betrayal because it's not in the best interest. He's that to me is make a connection to your voters. You're, you're assuming that's what your voters are about. And so that's it. It doesn't matter what the consequence of what you're doing. You just want the votes. Now I, to, I mean, I feel like, there's a yes in any profession, doctors, uh, even nurses. Or there's a few bad apples. There's a few. In every every single profession, you're going to find bad people in every single walk of life. Yes. So I feel like that percentage is grossly, grossly exaggerated. I read. Um, are you familiar with Mike Seminelli? Very much so. He's a wonderful okay. police officer. He really is. He was a guest, and I read his book. And um, me too. It was, it was true. I read it in one day. I was so enthralled and Mm -hmm. I I, uh, asked him some questions in the book and um, I encourage everyone to read it. I don't remember it, but I know it's on Amazon. The author is Mike Simonelli and he wrote about systemic racism and how it's just blown way out of proportion. It really, truly has. I just don't believe it. It's at the level that it is. I think it's blown out way out. And um, I think we need to get back on track with these criminals. So thank you so much for even having an idea of how to collect. I mean, I'm sorry, to um, protect the police officers and their families. Yeah. And it's really it's protecting everybody. You know, if you vilify a certain group, 
No matter what you're doing, no matter what group you're going, that is racism. If you vilify a group of people, that's bias. You need to judge people by who they are and what the actions that they commit. And I don't care if you're yellow, black, whatever color you may be. I don't care if you're a police officer, a regular civilian, a doctor, a lawyer, a priest. If you break the law, you will be held accountable for that. And it doesn't matter what you do or who you are. And that's what we lose sight of. Oh, you're doing this because I'm this way. You're doing this because this is my job. It's like, no, you broke the law. Period. End of story. You will be held accountable. Thankfully, now we have a Suffolk County DA that will uphold that as well. Absolutely. Our new Suffolk DA, Ray Tierney. So he said he was tough on crime and he's not political. So um, he just got elected, just started serving his term in January. So let's hopefully, I, I feel comfortable and uh, secure in uh, his message out to the public. So my question is, do you think you grew up, I was reading it, you're the oldest of five with yep. both your parents, um, elementary school teachers, God bless, lived in yes, Queens and you guys had a two bedroom apartment. Yeah, I guess that's pretty common because I, I do, uh, a lot of people do say, oh, they grew up in a two room or, or three bedroom apartment in, in Queens. Now, I know you said uh, that's where you learned the value of family, of hard work. I totally understand the hard work. I'm one of eight. Um, and the struggles of lower income and middle class family. Tell me about that. What are like some of your experiences with the struggles of lower and middle class? Uh, well, I got to say I had the best parents in the world. I'll start right off there. And, you know, looking back on that now, I can tell, yeah, we were poor. You know, we didn't have that money. But I was a kid. I never knew it. They never talked about money in front of us. They always make sure, you know, we had clothes. And now I look back, you know, my dad wore the same sneakers for like 20 years. And I remember him seeing ties that had little rips in it. And they never took money from themselves and took it away from us, the kids. And, you know, that was something I can look back on now and I can see. Uh, sadly, my, my father passed away in his uh, late 50s to prostate cancer. So we lost him quite oh, young. So sorry. Um, yeah. So, you know, looking back on things, we wish we could have certain conversations now. You know, thank you for certain things. Or, you know, now that I'm a dad and grown, you know, we realize stuff. But when you're, you're one of five, I was the oldest of five. Uh, so my sister and I are 16 months apart. We're just about Irish twins. And the can, can I tell you two, something really quick? Please. Yeah. My sister and I, we were born in the same year, and we were not twins. Yes, Irish twins. Yes, I was born in February. She was born in uh, November 1969. So, yes, I do. When you have a big family, that just happens. Uh, Back to back to back. (laughs) And so my sister and I are very, very close. Growing up, you know, we grew up together. um, And we had five kids in eight years. So my youngest, the youngest uh, sibling is eight years younger than I. So we kind of helped raise them too. You know, we, mom and dad, obviously, I think we're done being parents <laughs> at that point. They were just pretty, exhausted. Uh, Lexi knows pretty, uh, Alexa. Yes. We, um, you think your dad and I are pretty relaxed, right? Definitely. With, with, <laughs> not for the first two. We, we had a different childhood growing. Uh, but we know that, we, you know, with church on Sundays, we're always at the park. Uh, you know, we had a loving family and we knew how hard they worked. You know, they're both my, my parents could have went to public schools and made more money. And they told us time and time that they believed in the Catholic faith. They believed in, you know, serving the community. And they said, that's why we work here. Uh, my mom currently is still working. She's actually uh, the head of schools at a special ed uh, school in Manhattan. Uh, so she left, she left uh, the Catholic school system and went to work with special needs. And, you know, this is a person just showing wow. you service. 
Uh, and I can I gotta share one story. You know, what kind of guided me toward this life of service and this life of, you know, family values and helping each other. I remember being a young kid in the car. And I, mean, I was 8, 10 years old. So I was driving with my dad. And I, I saw this guy, like, hanging on to a stop sign. And now I know that he was probably drunk or intoxicated on something. At the time, I didn't really know. But now I look back, and he was definitely drunk. And my dad, my dad didn't know who this guy was. But he stopped the car, pulled over, and he asked the guy, you know, do you need help? And probably not the safest thing to do in hindsight, but my dad brought him into the car with, with his kid, me, in the back seat, and, yeah, and drove him home. Oh and, my you know, I look back at that now, like, wow, like, what what values? You know, now, like, do I bring this guy into the car? Like, dangerous situation for the kid. But, you know, watching my dad do things like that, watching my mom raise us that way, and, you know, the, the, the sacrifices they make really taught me the value of serving others doing the right thing even when it's hardest for you um you know even things that it, there's nothing in it for you you're just doing the right thing because it's right and those are values i can't thank them enough for uh and i try to instill that with my life and my kids now as well that's awesome and i know with five kids um and you being the oldest it, number one. Um, that enough that right there um had to have taught you leadership skill and uh organization it has yep, to survive, because survival, you're helping. Teamwork. Yes, you're a team player. You're a leader. You you're watching the other kids. You know, I know. I I was in the middle of eight kids, so I always had to help watch my younger siblings. Yep. And um and with eight and both parents working, we always you know we had our chores you know around the house. So that right there with um with the it, the oldest of five kids that definitely uh i can see that as a leadership uh training uh, type of thing without yeah, you family, even knowing family it. family values are very strong and that also it doesn't just include your family you know if you grew up that way and those are your values your, your community is your family also and you treat them the same way as you do your own family i totally agree alexa do you uh i did my question you want to ask him uh something yes so both of my grandparents were immigrants, and then they became citizens. But how can we help secure our borders yet help those who want to come here? That is the best. Qu- I love that question. I love. <laughs> it. I, I really know. do. <clears throat> I love because if we're if you're an American, you're an immigrant. At some point in your family lineage, you came over to this country. You were if you are not a Native American, you were not born here. At some point, you were an immigrant, and I think that's the most beautiful thing about this country that no other country can say. And that's why it's the best country in the world. We are a country made of immigrants from all over the place. We have the most beautiful culture in the world. We have because it's made of all different cultures, and we blend exactly. together to make this beautiful American dream. Now. I love that. I love the immigrants come in. I want them to come in. We need immigration reform. We need a better process for allowing people to come in legally. You know, a lot of people that do things illegally, sometimes the root cause is because the process is broken. They want to come in. They're trying for a better life. We're trying to do this the right way, and you're blocking us. So I, out of desperation, a lot of people do things certain illegally. Now, I don't support any crime. As I said before, you break the law, you're, hold, you're held accountable. That's something I always stand on. Immigration needs to be fixed. We need to have a better process for you know screening uh, individuals that may be dangerous to coming into our country. You know, right now the process is open the doors and let everybody in. Well, you know what? There are some people that in this world that don't really like us. They want to do us harm. Right. And if we know that our southern borders are open, you better be sure our enemies know that as well. 
And that doesn't mean that everyone that comes over the border is an enemy. That just means that there's a risk for that, which means there's a risk to my family and my community. We see MS-13 coming across the border, and they're coming into our communities where my district is, and that will stop. We are going to address that head on. When people come across into our country by illegal means, they broke the law. Now, there are a lot of reasons for that, and I think they should be evaluated because some are seeking sanctuary. Some, you know, if if you or I, let's say we're in a foreign country and you or I knew that us or our children were going to be killed if we didn't do something about it, we'd cross the border, too. Oh, yeah. I I, I I sent my kid on for a piggyback. Absolutely. So there are some really good, great people that are coming into this country and they're seeking help. They're seeking that American dream. And I think we should support them. They got to come in the right way and we got to offer them the right opportunities. There are people today living in the United States that are not legal citizens, but they are contributing to this country. They're working. They're good family people. They're trying their best to get along. On the other side, though, they're not paying taxes. So what I would love to do is not kick everybody out. I don't think that's the right answer, but I would love to say, hey, everyone is here illegally. Let's get a process right now. Let's I'm not making policy here. I'm just saying an arbitrary number to be very right. clear. Let's just, hey, three years. You got three years to become a naturalized U.S. citizen. We're going to help you do it. And if you don't do it by whatever time we say, then it'll be some consequences. But you know what? We want to, let's give you language help. Let's give you job training. Let's get you a social security number. And that way, this hardworking, good family-oriented person, we're not going to separate you from your families. We're going to make you part of that American dream. We're going to make you part of the workforce. You're going to pay some taxes like everybody else. And you're already working. So this, to me, is a resource. You know, this is someone that's already contributing. They want to be Americans. We just got to Give them the opportunity. So number one, we got to secure the border. You got to close it down. You got to make it secure. We can't have any dangerous persons wishing to do us harm into this country. So a good screening process. We got to secure the border. We got to fund our border patrol agents, you know, other law enforcement doing that job down there. We also have to make sure that our process is sound. We need to have a better process for filtering people in. Uh, and then we also need a good process for people that are already in, uh, people that maybe need to leave too, especially, you know, if they're, there are so many rules here that if you're uh, here illegally and you commit a crime, well, a couple of things that one, we may put you in jail. So now we're paying taxes on you. You came here, you committed a crime, you're in jail, and now you're not paying for any of that. Now, my, my tax dollars are going towards you to feed you and keep you in jail. So that's a waste of our money. And then a lot of times we'll send them out of the country and then they're allowed right back in. To do it again. We're seeing repeat uh, offenders. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. So, uh, you know, on the state level, to be very honest, there's not much a state representative can do at the border level. But we'll be talking with my counterparts in Congress, uh, a lot of friends in there and the federal levels to get that going for the state level. um, We're going to be doing we actually have a a, a immigrant session coming up uh, in a couple of days here, you know, to give resources on health care and, um, you know, how to get your citizenship and how to help people. So we have that uh, in the community help. And as well, we're going to attack uh, any crime that may be going on, too. That's really excellent. And my dad, who um, was born and raised uh, from Mexico in uh, our family um, and became a citizen, I actually have all his um, paperwork and I found that I found and um, his That's green amazing. card. And when he became naturalized, so it, it, it is a process and um, I'm very proud that they, they did it the right way. Um, so, yes, it, it is a concern. Um, I was raised such a proud moment for people, too. It is. You know, oh they finally become citizen. That's a tear jerking, you know, kind of butterfly dad, moment. You know what's funny? Like my mom 
from Cuba and my dad from Mexico, they never hung their home country flag because they said America was their home country. We always had uh, the United States flag, always. It was never anything else. It was just America, America, America for them. And this was, uh, I was raised in Los Angeles. So I experienced the system of overcrowding because of the influx of the immigrants coming in and the schools and the hospitals and the housing. And I grew up like that. It was a part of life. And so when I moved to New York, it's kind of like the same thing because they actually migrate to where they know where Mm -hmm. work is and it's easier to blend in with other Spanish speaking communities. Of course. You know, so you're absolutely right. I loved your answer. And we need to find a way for that to make everything better for everyone, not just for one side, but we need it for both sides. Um, okay, so my next question is, and this is to me, I really am interested to getting your feedback on this. With our country, it's so divided. What do you think is a common sense idea of creating unity? Forget the mumbo jumbo and the number one answer. What would be a common sense idea to unify everyone? Because it seems like either they're red or blue, Democrat or Republican. And there's so much discord on social media. The minute somebody says, you know, Biden is not as great as so-and-so, they jump on that and vice versa. So to you, what would be the first thing, you know, common sense to start creating unity in our own communities? That's such a great question. I, I witness this all the time. And one of the things I hate when people ask me is that I'll knock on the door, I'll call them up. Say, hey, I'm Kevin Sturdy. I'm running for assembly. The first question out of so many of their mouths. What right, party are you running from? Yes. Are you Republican or Democrat? I go, that, you know, that actually doesn't matter at all. You don't find. But you know what, what Kevin? That happened, the same, that happened the same thing to me, too. Are you Democrat or are you Republican? And then happened they can stop same. listening to you based off your answer. I mean, that's it's the worst because yeah. that does not define me at all. Now, listen, you're, you're running for politics. You got to pick a party. You got to pick a side. Um, you know, the, the independent party, unfortunately, is not around anymore. Uh, myself, I believe in the values that are more conservative and Republican. Those are my family values. That's what I believe in. And that's why that's the designation uh, for the party that I'm running on. Back in the day, you know, there were Republicans and Democrats, but you respected each other. You can have discourse. You can have debate. You can have a conversation over policy because you know what? They had a mutual purpose. And this is something I actually teach. I own a consulting company. I train companies all over the world on communication and, you know, uh, organizational culture development. And one of the things we stress, and I can't stress this enough, is that you have to have this mutual purpose. You have to agree on something. We can totally disagree on how to get there and the strategies that we use, but we have to, like, Agree on that top level thing. And one of that thing, that thing has to be that we both want a great country to live in. We both love America. We both love this great state of New York. And we, we got to focus on that is we love this country. We love this state. And once we can agree on that, that we both want to raise our kids in a safe community, we both want the best things for our families and our communities. We may have differing opinions on how to get there. Whether that means, uh, you know, different health insurance uh, platforms may be different uh, on financing and stuff. But you know what? If we both agree that we want that same thing to grow in unity and happiness, have a good community, 
Well, we can discuss strategies. We can meet in the middle. We can get things done. But right now what I'm seeing is people are so far left and so far right that they're not even looking at, you know, like they wouldn't look at me because I said Republican or they don't look at someone else because they said Democrat. They're passing bills in New York and in D.C. And they say, oh, this is the Democrat bill passed. I go, that's a load of crap. Why are we calling it a Democrat bill? Why are we calling it a Republican bill? Why isn't it just the bill passed? And let's vote on it for the merits of the bill, not just ignore it because it's Republican bill. By the way, in Albany, they're not even letting Republican bills onto the floor. They're not even letting them be debated. Uh, and then you have the Democrat ones. Are, you know, We're not voting because it's a Democrat bill. We're not going to vote this because it's a Republican bill. Well, how about you read the thing? And how about we come up with something together that works for the good of the people? Stop playing party politics. Uh, you know, someone I follow, uh, his leadership, George, George Washington, You know, a lot of pluses, some flaws in there too. But one thing he said is the party system will destroy this country. And, and you're, you are seeing it right now. And stop talking about the different parties. We got to come together. We got to come across down and just agree to say, hey, listen. And you know what? There are, I, if we can get some elections won, I think there's enough of us common sense individuals that are more than happy to reach across the aisle and make some good deals for this state. We're going to decrease taxes, increase health care, decrease crime. And every I, most people want that. And, you know, after I tell people I'm Republican, they actually they, they listen to me a little bit and they hear some of my stances and my views. They may have a Democrat D after their name, but we share a lot of the same values. They're, they're not the Democrats with... of the 60s or 70s. They're different people. Oh, yes, definitely. Because I was a Democrat for 30 years. And then I it's, it's a different party. It's a totally different party. And you'd be surprised. <clears throat> um the Hispanic community are the greater number is uh, Republican because they have those traditional family yep. values. Yep. And so they tend to be my parents, they became Republicans and they just shared the, the family values. And so you, you'd be surprised how many of them are Republican. They're there. Even if they haven't changed their designation on the voter registration form, I still believe that they're at least, you know, some kind of conservative Republicans there. Uh, and that's the message we want to send. Like, listen, forget about the D and the R. Let's focus on the candidate. Focus on the right person who represents your views. And that's the way you vote. Absolutely. It's, it's you have to open your mind and compromise is everything to where everybody wins. And it can happen, but you have to listen to your candidate. Like I, I love meet the candidate nights because you get to you get to meet the candidate in person, talk to them, ask them questions and then decide if that person is someone that you support. Don't base it on a, uh, a party because then you're limiting yourself as a voter, as an American citizen in making an informed decision that what's best for you and your family. So party lines do not work. And I do believe that's how we are starting to crumble because everybody yeah. voted party lines instead of the, the, the best person. candidate. Absolutely. Alexa, do you have uh, any more questions? Uh, yes, I do. What is your favorite part about campaigning? Meeting and talking with people. That's an easy one. That is the cool. Oh, my goodness. I have, it, the, I mean, thousands and thousands of people, you know, on the phone, in person, doors, events. And you know, one of the, it, I am a faith-filled person, and I believe that nothing happens on accident. And I believe that you're introduced to certain people at a very specific point in your life for a very specific reason. And sometimes you don't know that reason until you look back. There have been about 10 cases of people that I have met along this campaign that I have reconnected with. Um, I'll, I'll throw a name out there. A good friend of mine from the Smithtown um, party. 
uh, he was best friends with my father growing up. Now, we always knew him. You know, he was always around at parties. But I had no idea he was involved in politics. Uh, Tom, Tom McCarthy is his name. And I had no idea Tom had all this involvement in par- party politics until I went to an event and I saw him. I'm like, what are you doing here? He goes, well, I'm this, I'm that. I'm all involved. I'm like, that's uh-huh. dad. You know, th- that's dad in the room to me. You know, bringing his friend. You know, he can't be there, but his friend is there supporting me. Uh, you know, I've had so many other examples of people that, you know, I knew you as a kid. I knew your parents or, you know, just completely random people you meet, but you're on the same mission. And the connections to people. Connections of people I've lost over the years. We reconnect through, you know, this political campaign. And when you listen to a person and you hear their concerns and you hear their views, and I can't fix everything. Um, and I'm not going to promise things that I'm going to fix, but I'm promising that I'm going to listen. And I promise that I'm going to try. And, you know, people, they, they want to be heard. And that's what I feel my job is. It, you know, some of your titles, uh, you're representative. That's what you are. When you're elected, you're a representative of the people. And I feel the current electeds uh, on one side more than another, they're not representing. They're representing themselves. They're representing their jobs, their careers, and they're not representing the people. And I take to heart, if you vote me into office, I take that very personally, that you trust me with your voice. And my job is to take your voice Bring it to Albany and fight like heck to represent your views. And you know what? Sometimes those views may be different than my own views, but that's not my job. My job is to represent the community and the people to be their voice and be their representative. And the best part of the campaign is <laughs> hearing their stories uh, and really getting to know them. I, I'm going to have to agree with you because a lot of times I will post, I want feedback. What, you know, what is your main concern in the town of Babylon? What do you, what do you worry about? What, you know, this and that. And I do get a huge response. So, and it's so enlightening and it's so nice to hear their concerns because it's the same as my concerns. So yeah, yeah. I We're have to speak in all the same language. Oh yeah, definitely. People are starting to come together little by little. You know, so that I do see, I, I definitely. So I know you're for term limits. Very much so. And I'm going to have to 100% agree because hearing you, I hope everybody can, uh, everybody can uh, listen to your voice, the excitement, um, the, uh, all the emotions that a first time person is experiencing. And I think it's, we do need term limits because politicians, they go in and I do believe that they all have the best intentions when they go in, they're excited, they're enthusiastic, they're overzealous, but then something happens down the road where they're just set in their ways and they're just there. So with term limits, it's people like you who come in and can make a difference, make an improvement. Yep. And that's a checks and balances on myself, to be very honest. This is actually a selfish motive for me to run on term limits. And, you know, we see it in why is it good enough for the White House, but it's not good enough for all the other branches. And if I'm going with the best intent. I want to help. I want to do good. That's why I'm doing this. I want to change a community for the better. And I, I do have a good heart and I know I'm going to do well. But you know what? Let's fast forward 15 years. Let's say I'm still in office, 15, 20 years, like my opponent's been there 20 plus years. You know what? This has got to get to my head at some point. I'm a human being. I'm susceptible to certain things. And, you know, if I'm in office for 20 years 
And you get an office up in Albany, an office in the district, you get a staff, you get a daily stipend, you get, uh, you know, you're called assemblyman. And things like people like doing stuff for you all day long. You're telling me at some point that's not going to get to your head 15 years later. (laughs) And you were at risk. And I don't ever want to put myself at risk voting. And I don't ever want the thought to go through my head. Am I voting for my career so I can stay in office? Or am I voting for the right reasons? And I know that if I have term limits, I know that I will always vote for the right things because, damn my career. It doesn't mean anything. I'm voting because this is a service to my state. It's a service to my country. It's not a job. It is not a career. And it is certainly not an entitlement. And there are so many people in office that have been there these 20-plus years on both sides of the aisle. Sorry, Republicans, but, yeah, you're part of the problem, too. <laughs> you're right. It, 20 years. It, what? You've been in offices before the iPhone came out. How in touch with you or with the community? <laughs> Be very honest. And if you filter through, if you get more fresh blood, every, you recycle that every few years, well, you're going to get people that are more in touch with what's really going on. You're going to get people that have an idea of how to fix it. And you're going to get people who are not there for career advancement or political advancement. You are there to serve your community and serve your country. And I think we're going to see a much better government once we get that in there, Lee Zeldin backs it. I back it. Uh, people on the federal ba- people are backing term limits as well. And I think we're going to see a huge influx and a change in our government with these term limit candidates. I think so, too. And that was the main reason, the main reason why I was not supportive of our president, because he had been in office and almost as old as I am. And now he wants no to be president. No way you're that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Listen, I'm a medical professional. I can diagnose very easily. I'm telling you, there's a lot going on there that the normal person isn't seeing. Uh, Biden will be up there and he'll claim, yo, well, this is a problem. This is a problem. And I'll give his guy or Jack, whatever he calls people, Jack, you've been there for 47 years. You can't blame anybody but yourself. If you can't fix it in 47 years, what makes you think you're going to fix it in four Absolutely not. You know, these that people are blaming everybody else. You, If you can't fix it in 47 years, you are not the person to fix it. Because we've seen a lot a of other people come same, in quick. He had the same job. Yes. It's not like he went from office to office, you know, office. He had the same position. And that's what boggled my mind. Yeah. And He and a lot of people of his parties have been on the wrong side of a lot of big issues in America. It's well documented. If you look in the history of the party, the history of their votes, you know, Biden was in the senator during the Vietnam War. Let's just put that in perspective. Uh, and he was against a lot of the great humanitarian efforts that were going on in the 60s and 70s there. He was against those things. It's proven you could easily find it. Um, and, and now they're supporting those same kind of – you're just seeing it repeat itself over and over and over again. So we got to – absolutely no chance can you be in office for that long in the same position. Look, you want to move around in politics? Sure, you can move around do some different things. But you can't be in that same job for that many years because you get jaded. You are not in touch with the community, and you're not doing things for the people. You're doing things for you. That's wrong. That's not what the Constitution says. That's not what the Founding Fathers said, and that's not the way we can operate anymore. The president leaves in eight years. Other people can leave just as easily. I I agree because that's that's almost like another generation coming up. And again, they are the ones who are our our, our next generation to go into politics. And you'd be surprised at the ideas that they have. The millennials, and and I hate to group people, but the millennials are not as uh, active 
in politics, I find that, and they're mostly Democrats, mostly, I'm not going to say all, but I find like Alexa's generation are more apt to volunteer, more to be conservative or Republican, more to be active in the community and into politics. That's from my own personal experience that I have seen. So we do have to count on our next generation. So, okay, so my question is this, with all that you're doing and you're a father, what is the greatest lesson that you feel you can teach your children? You have to stand up for what you believe in. And even if everybody else is telling you you're wrong, if you know it's right, you stick to your guns. Um, one of my biggest reasons for running is I'm looking at what everything's going on. I disagree with so much that's going on in this district, so much wrong with the state and the country. It's not going in the right direction. And I look at my kids and I say, you know, I grew up in a better time. I want you to grow up with a great childhood like I had. I want you to grow up and feel safe. I want you to grow up and cherish. And I want to look back and let's say, let's fast forward 30, 40 years. I want to look back and be able to tell my kids, you know what? Something was wrong. And daddy fought. I did not stand by and let bad things happen because the only thing it takes for evil to survive is for good people to stand by and do nothing. And I will not do nothing. I am going to fight and I'm going to fight as hard as I can. We win this thing. That's awesome. That's a goal. That's what we want to try to do. Um, But I will not say that I sat on the sidelines and watched this downfall. Um, And I hope that resonates with them that even the hardest thing to do, if it's the right thing, you stand up for it. Well, I was pretty impressed. So Kevin had a um, a thank you veterans breakfast last weekend, and um, it was it was pretty amazing. Um, some veterans had uh, shown up, and it was amazing how they came together. And there was no, well, I'm Marines, I'm Army, I'm this, I'm that. They, it doesn't matter what branch of service, they were just there to meet the candidates and a lot of them I noticed had taken to you and felt more uh, that you were approachable I was told so I'm gonna have to say I think that's very true I felt like you were uh, you are very approachable uh, very um, let's see like an like an every man type of thing you know uh, I am a nurse Yes. You know, you're a nurse. I was impressed with that. You're a nurse. That takes a lot of education. So it it, it was just a really good time uh, to be there last weekend. And thank you for um, just acknowledging our veterans. It's so important. They took care of us. So now we need to take care of them. And we're actually taking care of them more on July 10th. It's a Sunday, 9 a.m. They need some help with their uh, their VFW site. You know, veterans need a place to come home, rest, find a place of refuge. Uh, And to be honest, the place is run down quite a bit. Uh, Need some work on the exterior and the interiors for these veterans to feel safe again. Uh, So we're actually grabbing a large uh, community gathering of volunteers to make this a better place for them on uh, July 10th. So if anyone is free to come down, offer Anything you can, whether it's help or bring food or water, cleaning supplies, and grab a pair of gloves. We'd love to have you help. Absolutely. Just show up. Alexa, you got anything? Uh, Yes, I have one more question to say. Okay. Why should we vote for you? You should vote for me because you can trust me. I'm not running on this political agenda. I am not a politician. I'm an ER nurse. I have been serving my community since I was 14 years old with the volunteer ambulance services and the youth corps. I continue that service working overnights, long shifts, sacrificing my body, sacrificing my family's time 
to serve the community. Uh, that's something that I was instilled with as a child. That is an ethos of mine. And running for office is a service. I am not that politician that's going to give you some kind of lip service that I'm going to fix everything and promise that the world to you just so I can get your vote. I'm going to tell you the truth. If I can fix it, I'm going to say I'm going to try. And if I can't fix it, I'm going to tell you right to your face as well. I am what you see. I don't lie. I will listen to you. I will be somebody that you can trust, confide in, and also know, you know, I'm that emergency guy. I'm not afraid of a fight. I have never backed down from a fight in my life. I've been through Ebola and MERS and SARS, and I've been through COVID. I have been through many uh, you know, natural disasters, such as Hurricane Sandy. I have always answered the call. I'm a 911 person. I believe Albany needs a 911 response right now. I'm a family man. I have my master's in business. I have a own successful uh, consulting company. So I'm pretty good with economics and finance and healthcare and family values. And the best part is that I'm going to just listen to you. I'm going to fight for you. So if you want somebody like that, you vote for me. If you want somebody that is defunding the police and increasing crime in your community, decreasing health care, getting rid of baby formula and putting masks on your kids and COVID shots in kids, you vote for the other guy. But if you want a community that you can live in, you're going to vote for me. That is great. That was a really good answer. I really I really like that. And I like that um, your background. I love how you address your wife to an incredible wife that you're married to. I got very lucky. I don't know how that I pulled that one off, but I'm, I count my <laughs> blessings every single day. I, you know what? I, I think I just uh, I just want to uh, showcase her a little bit because you would not be able to want to uh, serve in for public, you know, in public service without her. So, what makes her incredible to you? Uh, how many hours do you have? <laughs> that is, oh my goodness, that's a really good answer. I got to tell you a little. So I I do believe everyone meets for a certain reason, for a certain time, a certain place. I believe things are destined. There is absolutely no way I would have met my my wife uh, under any normal circumstances if this wasn't fate. She is from a beautiful town called Traverse City. It's in northern Michigan. It's about an 18-hour drive from here. And she was going to school in the Fashion Institute of Technology. I was uh, working as an EMT in New York City. And we actually, back in the day, you know, dating websites had, you know, certain uh, yeah, stigmas to them. But and we were really looking for a relationship. So a friend of mine one night logs me into this dating website. It's called OkCupid. It's a free website. He creates this whole profile for me. And then within days, I, I meet my wife on this site. And I find out that on the same exact night that my friend created this profile for me without telling me, her friend did the same thing to her. Her friend created her profile in the same oh, site. Found each, found each, I mean, there's no other way we would have found each other. So we ended up dating uh, for a little bit. We got married. And it's just been the absolute best experience of my life. This is somebody that works her butt off, uh, you know, taking care of three kids. I don't care what jobs I do. Whether fighting COVID in the emergency department, 911, running for politics. She's got the hardest job dealing with those three kiddos all day long. And you know, it's a 24-7 job. It doesn't stop. And to look at me and say – all right, you know, this is going to be a sacrifice for our, you know, for the better. You know, she actually looked at me the other day. We spoke about, uh, you know, leaving the comfort of a part-time job in the hospital where I had full health coverage. Uh, we had retirement stuff and everyone was covered health-wise. And we talked about, you know, I, if I keep doing this job, you know, I'm going to lose the election. 
I, I can't campaign and keep doing these alternate 12 hour shifts no, in the ER. No, you wouldn't be able and to. And no, it was really starting to take a toll. And she looked at me and she said, I trust you. I trust that you're making the best decision. You know, we, we're going to pay health insurance out of our own pocket, but this is a risk. This is a huge risk. It's a big sacrifice. Put my family on the line to do this. And she supported 100%. She's the most talented person I've ever met. She can conceptualize this beautiful dress and make it in like 20 minutes. You know, from the store to home to design with the kid on her lap. She just whipped out oh these amazing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, she's an artist. She's a beautiful person on the inside. Um, and I will tell you, a little bit of motivation for running. It, with all this stuff going on, um, she told me that she's scared. That, you know, she's scared in the community. Sometimes she's scared to go out with the kids on her own. Sometimes she's scared going into certain places. And she said it's because the crime is so bad. Well, She said that she's scared. And that's one of the motivators to get the fire under my butt is my wife will not be afraid. We're going to make this better. We are the same way, are we not? Alexa? Yes. <laughs> I said we're the same way. We always talk about how it's scary to be out because you just don't know what's going to happen and it's been proven in the last few months with these all the uh, news headlines so to end this um i have one last question and i hate one last question it makes me so sad we have to leave um, this is a wonderful conversation oh it, listen this won't be your last <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get you back on so we can get your progress oh, on amazing. and see how things are going so we definitely support you Definitely. I know I do. I, and um, the question I have is where do we go from here as a country? It's sad to say that we're at the point that we can only go upwards. I really think we're seeing rock bottom right now. Open borders, gas prices through the roofs. America. I live in the United States of America. I have never seen bare shelves in stores like I'm seeing now. This, this is not America. You know, we can see this in other countries. This isn't us. Um, you know, they're asking for more money and more money and giving things to the criminals. And, you know, this is just it, it's scary. I never thought I'd see six dollars for gas at some places. This And by the way, my paycheck hasn't changed whatsoever. Inflation keeps going up, keeps spending all the money. But I ain't seeing any of that. And you got someone in the White House telling you that families have more money in their pockets at the end of the month. And I'd like to meet just one of those families because I don't think any of them exist. Um where I don't know go? if they exist either because no, the handouts it, are just temporary fixes. It it doesn't do anything in the long run. No, it goes into my medical diagnosis of the guy. Uh, just completely lost sight. And the, these political parties, I, I think of it like a rubber band. You can only stretch a rubber band so far before it breaks. Or this is what I think is going to happen. In the rubber band, you can stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch. You can go far left, far right. And it could snap and break and the country is destroyed. But there's another option with that rubber band. They bounce back. And they bounce back to the middle. And I am convinced that the, the United States and the world, they're seeing the disaster left. Some of the crazy people on the far, far right. Sorry, guys. I know we're on the same team, but there are some of you a little far out there. You're pulling <laughs> that. <laughs> you're pulling that rubber band. And eventually, both sides will let go. That rubber band is going to come to the middle. And you are going to get a lot of conservative, Republican, moderate Democrats, independents, people that want to do the right thing. They want to do the right thing for their community, the state and the country. They're going to come to the middle. They're going to be the ones that get elected. They're going to be the ones left after this. The crazy left, crazy right, they're going to go away. They're going to vanish. 
and we're going to be able to work together for a better future. And I fully believe that with my heart. That's why I'm running. Because I'm one of those people in the middle. I'm one of those people that want to do things for the right reasons. I think there's a lot of candidates out there like me. I think uh, the electeds, I think the people are fed up with what's going on in party politics right now. I think the rubber band's going to snap back to the middle. Because I can't fathom and stomach it breaking. Yeah, it's it's totally uh, just unreal. And I think most Americans don't realize how good they have it right now at my age. Um, my parents are both passed, but that's one thing that they always told us kids, how lucky we are to be born in this country, to have rights, to be able to speak up and not be afraid. I don't know what my parents went through. I can't imagine speaking in public and being afraid that I'm saying the wrong thing or standing up for, I can't stand up for myself. I can't stand up for what I believe in. And I don't think people realize how wonderful we have it to be able to vote. The the media is brainwashing it and they're telling you things that are bad. But this is the greatest country in the world. This is the greatest state inside of that greatest country in the world. You don't get a lot of people, you know, from small towns. like, Oh, I want to, you know, go. I want to move to this place. People say I want to come to New York. My wife came to New York. Other people came to New York because at one time this was this was the hub of the United States of America. We got some politicians that have ruined it for us. We're going to take it back from them. We're going to show them that, no, we are New York. We're here to stay. This is the greatest state and the greatest country in the world. And, yeah, we have those rights. We have the best constitution. And the best part about that constitution, it tells me that when you guys are screwing up, we're taking over. We're going to take over. We're going to win these elections because the people want that freedom of life. Get out of this government control thing. We want to live a life of prosperity and peace and happiness. And that's the way they're all going to vote this midterm. And they're going to vote that way uh, in 24 as well. I, I totally agree. And I like the saying, uh, this quote that you uh, put out there, accountability, influence behavior changes, how to create new habits. That is a good saying. And I wish everybody would look into that. I think everybody needs accountability. It keeps us on the straight, narrow path there of not righteousness, but at least doing the right thing. And if you don't, there's a consequence for that. And that's what's right. happened uh, in this generation. There's no consequence for anything. For and everybody's every, just... For every action, there's a reaction, there's a recourse. You are responsible for the choices that you make. And we'll hold you accountable for those choices that you make. No matter what walk of life you're from, you're going to hold you accountable. Accountability is everything. And and also establishes credibility with your voters and your constituents. They um, they want to believe in you and they actually want transparency. And I like the fact that you um, are extremely transparent, but your background is just so it, it's so incredible, especially um, that you train organizations uh, to have those important conversations that are so difficult for them to come out. For me, it's never difficult. I can have a conversation and not be heated or uh, offended. I'm very rarely offended. I just take everything into stride and just like, oh, okay. If I disagree with you, I'll just say, okay, that's not what I think, but okay. You know, so we need that type of leadership that you are demonstrating, whether it's in your profession, whether it's with your family, whether it's with your business, it takes a lot and the community should really know that you're you're leaving a career, a career that benefits your family to run for public office, to make changes, to make life more enjoyable, more 
peaceful where we don't have to worry about going grocery shopping. We don't have to worry about walking down the street because if it's going to happen, if it happens in the boroughs, guess what? Oh, it's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's coming out here. So it's not like we live in the white picket fence area. So it's, um, we need that change. And you know what, Kevin, thank you so much for not only for being a guest tonight, but for running, you know, my, I know she's going to kill me, but Alexa is running for class president. All right. And I, I told her, I, I don't care if you win or lose. It's the fact that you want to do something yep. and you're putting the effort, you're putting yourself out there. And that to me amazed me. And I told her how incredibly proud I am of her because I, I didn't even influence her. I, I, you know, I have to, I have to say that. So, and for you to be doing the same, you know, thank you so much. I mean, I hope you do win, but if you don't, you still you come out as a winner, I, as I see it. You come out as a winner because there's always the next year. And you know what? You can run your campaign different or whatever. But I feel like somehow, some way, you're going you're gonna to come through. Maybe, I don't know when or where, but you definitely, I see some type of quality in you that you really do care. And I think that's with you being uh, a nurse, you have that bedside manner, that compassion, that empathy, that you want to make things better for everybody and for your children for when they grow up, they have opportunity. Just like everybody else. We're also, as an emergency department nurse, we also have no time for BS. So we're very compassionate. We're very empathetic. But if something's being done wrong, we're going to fix it right away. We're not going to let anyone get away with anything. And that's the emergency person. You don't have time for second guesses. No. I've seen it on t- on television, the ERs or whatever. And I'm like, I was amazed. It, it's like there's 20 people on one person and they're all doing something different, but they're all in sync. Mm-hmm. And it's a team. And there's no That's like, the way our government should run. Exactly. Perfectly said. Our government needs to work as a team to work together on what is going to benefit this country. We have to, and you're right, we have to bounce back. We need to climb up. I want my daughter to have a future. I have five, four live out of state. What does that tell you? Yep, two expensive to live here. Exactly, there's no future here. I don't want them to struggle. I'd rather have them live out of state, have a nice house, have a nice career and raise kids. And it would be okay to just not be like the Joneses. Yep. And you know what? You get get me elected. Let's get other candidates just like me elected too. And we're gonna bring those kids back to New York because they gotta come back. We gotta come back to family. And I want people coming to New York and saying, "Hey, I can afford to live here. This is where I want to be." And that's what we need to get to. And that's what we need. You know, some more centric candidates out there. Get rid of these crazies and make this affordable. Make this like the, the one of the best state in the nation, which I know that it is. And, and uh, let's vote for the candidates. And, and I'm not saying to vote everybody Republican because I don't vote party line. No, it's it. vote for the candidate. Vote for the attend, person. Attend, meet and greets, meet your candidate, know where they stand, see if they represent you. And if they don't, then meet the next candidate and try to resonate and support your candidate. It's so important to be involved because you live here. We need a better quality of life. I do believe in Kevin 30 in making that. He is running for New York State Assembly District 
Face Shore, Brentwood, Central Islip, and a little bit of Atlantia. Oh, okay. So those are really important uh, keys in, in those little pockets of neighborhoods that you definitely can make an impact. And I know you will. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit here with honor. us and discuss politics. Um, again, you're in impressive background i didn't even get to all of it it was just too much i was like running at a yellow highlighter i'm like okay this isn't gonna work i'm just gonna say you've got an impressive background yeah, he's, he's got the experience and you do what he's talking about you do and you don't need a career in politics to have experience you just need to That's have a level head and be a voice for us that's all we need. We need someone to be a voice for us to make the changes that benefit us and again, thank you so much. Um, we will see you again to see Absolutely. how your campaign is. I support you. So I more than likely, um, I think I already had attended. I think I wrote June 10th on, uh, in my book. I still write in a, in a book. I know everybody uses a phone. But um, I encourage everyone to come out uh, to, uh, do you know the number of the American? It's American Legion, right? VFW? It's, uh, it's the VFW, the Veterans of Foreign, Foreign Wars, post six. Four three one. So it's the uh, VFW six four three one in Brentwood, New York, and Sunday, July tenth. We're gonna start at nine a.m. All hands on deck. Uh, we actually already have some commitments from a lot of the local uh, young military groups and the Sea Cadets, young Marines, uh, working out to the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, all youth programs to show some kids. You know, we're gonna give back to our vets here because they deserve it. They fought for us overseas. We're gonna fight for you here. Uh, so July tenth. If anyone can come down, if anyone's free. You know what? Yeah. Bring food, bring hands, bring gloves, bring, bring whatever. Just say here, I'm here to help. And um, your candidates will be there. Kevin 30 will be there and um, introduce yourself. Uh, Let him know that uh, you're one of his uh, future constituents. And, you know, maybe if he has the time, he can answer you. But I know that we'll all be working and it's really for a worthy cause for our veterans. We need to support them. We need to take care of them. So we're going to end this. And um, again, I, if I could, I just want to plug the website. If anyone wants further information about me, uh, it's 30 S U R D I for New York.com. So 30 F O R New York.com or you Google Kevin 30 and the website should come right up. If you want to find out more and all my contact information is on there as well. If you want to reach out. That's perfect. I'm going to have it on my website. Of course, you can listen to the podcast, whether it's on your Android or your computer, uh, iPhone, in your car. We're on 11 platforms. I will have his information on my website, her-community2, as in the number two, dot net. Thank you, Kevin. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure and honor. Keep up the good fight. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Alex and I want to give Kevin Surdy a huge thank you for giving us his time to be our guest. We want to wish him the best of luck on his race for New York State Assembly. To learn more about Kevin, please go to his website at www.surdyfornewyork.com where you can see his future events, sign up to volunteer, or to make a campaign contribution. We also want you to check out ASP Wines and Liquors at 1496 Deer Park Avenue in North Babylon. Check out their big selections 
and their knowledgeable staff to help you select that perfect bottle of wine. Catherine for Babylon is our proud sponsor for Her Community 2 podcast. You can also check us out at her-community, the number two, dot net. Thank you, subscribers. Take care.